We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. And we're live. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast uh, live, obviously, with Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. We call our early week edition the game plan. So, Toby Rowland, here's the question of the day. All right. Does the game plan include preparing for an actual game on Saturday night? I'm going to say yes. I like it. I mean, why think otherwise, right? That's right. Let's stay positive. What is it uh, Clark Stroud says? Think, Think positive, positive, test, test negative. negative. Yeah, let's just let's just keep it going. As of right <laughs> now, we're playing a football game. Let's keep practicing and testing and practicing and testing and see if we can get Saturday here. And I got to tell you, Chris, I'm giddy right Bob now. Bob Stoops. <laughs> I, I, I like Sooner Nation. I am giddy over the thought of the visor maybe being back on Owen Field, uh, out there helping the guys practice this week. Uh, who knows? Maybe he'll be in the... Uh, booth down the hall from us on Saturday in the coach's booth. We'll see. But how fun is that? Oh, man. I, I So just uh, breaking down the fourth wall, when Lincoln does his press conference on the radio side, I introduce it. I'm the guy that says, hey, here's Lincoln Riley brought to you by Allstate. You're Chris. I, that's right. Yeah. It, when he says, thank you, Chris, that's me. So it, it's kind of interesting because I really – I'm staring right at him the whole time. I'm watch, And, and it, it was almost as if that Ry Lincoln Riley smile came across when he dropped that on everyone because no one had talked about that. That hadn't been reported. Yeah. And that's not a knock on anyone. It's just, you know, you, you don't think, hey, Bob Stoops out there at practice? It's not something you ask. And to see how much joy it appeared to bring Lincoln to have Bob out there. T-Row, that was awesome to Great. see. You can see the joy in his face. I mean, where, where – I'm trying to think of another circumstance – where something like this could even happen because, you know, usually when you go from one coach to the next, it's because somebody's been fired, you know, or they've retired, but they're, they're up there in years to where this wouldn't be a possibility. Not always does the current coach and the former coach get along. That's a good point. You know, so I'm trying to think of even another scenario or, or, you know, they're around he lives here. So it's a very unique set of circumstances. And I would have loved to have known, and I want to ask him tonight on his coach's show, if he'll tell us just kind of how that phone call went. Because I'd love to know, or the text message, or whatever it was, when he reached out to Bob and said, kind of need some help, you available. And coach said, yep, I'll be right there. Like, <laughs> So, uh, this is fantastic. I love it. I liked your tweet. What would you say? Drake Stoops getting 25 targets? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure he's not uh, helping out with the offense. I don't know. Maybe he is. What do I know? But um, we were talking on the press conference show. You know, if, if indeed Bob is helping with the defense, I would imagine that would be his role. I don't know. 
but he walks in the first day of practice and says, all right, you've got Ronnie Perkins, Perry on Winfrey, Nick Benito, and Isaiah Thomas up front mm. licking his chops saying, this is, this is fantastic. I can work with this. So uh, this is fun. It's a lot of fun. It's added a, uh, a fun note to an otherwise kind of a gloomy few days around here in Norman. Could, couldn't agree more. Now, real quick, before we take a look at OU's remaining schedule and then a dive into the Big 12 standings, just wanted to add, we're operating over the next 20 minutes that we're doing this under the assumption that there's a game that's going to be played on Saturday night, Oklahoma-Baylor, 7 o'clock primetime. We'll be on the air at 5 p.m. on the Sooner Radio Network. But I did like some of the positive spin questions from not being able to play this past weekend. Guys like a LaRon Stokes, like an Austin Stogner who might be able to get healthy. I uh, talked to both Ronnie Perkins and uh, Spencer Rattler, which, by the way, you'll get in podcast form coming up on Thursday. But talking to both of them about, hey, for your body, listen, I'm not it, – it stinks that we didn't get to go to West Virginia and, you know, good Lord willing, we'll be able to make that game up on December 12th. But, T. Rowe, there's a handful of positives from having that extra week in preparation. Yeah, positives is not the word I would have chosen. But, yes, <laughs> uh, I don't know what the right word benefits? is. Benefits? No. Like benefits is worse. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Posit but positives, no. Positives, yeah. Okay, right. there you go. Good word. Um, it, it is an interesting side benefit to this year is that if you can avoid the virus, you're getting more rest than ever in a college football season. True. You know, you normally get one bye week and you're running a gauntlet of 12 or 13 games if you're fortunate enough to go to a conference championship game with one week of rest in there. On a rare occasion, we've had two. Remember how four, we were like, one year the schedule came out and we are like, hey, we got two bye weeks. Yep. This is fantastic. This year, it's been every third week right. or so that you've been able to uh, have a week off. And, you know, the challenge there, I assume, is to be able to continue momentum, to uh, get into a groove, your offense and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's challenged a bit with the off weeks. But I think it's way outweighed by the benefit of, in such a physical, demanding sport, being able to rest and heal. And, you know, you didn't have a spring. You didn't have a normal summer or fall more practice time in those bye weeks. So here comes another one. It wasn't when we were expecting it. We thought it would be, you know, after the Baylor game and before a hopeful Big 12 championship game. But it came this past week unexpectedly, and, and there were some guys, it sounds like, that were able to get fresh because of that. You know what I find? Here's an interesting thought. I promise Craig Moran, our producer, who's working it from home, Cord doing a great job directing. I mean, look, at Craig Moore is even on the producer's chair today. This is a, we got a cast of thousands. Wow. we got all the rock stars. But before we get to that schedule, do you consider it um, – I'm not going to use the word positive here mm – -hmm. a good sign that basketball is playing on Thursday night against UTSA yeah. as it relates to the football game on Saturday? Or are those two kind of unrelated in your mind? I don't think they're necessarily related. I, I think that – um, no, I, 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 don't, I don't see them as being related. Okay. You know, the, 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 the athletes are kept apart, hopefully, and, and everything. I do think for basketball, it's a very good sign that they have been able to steady the ship here and whatever issues they had last week that forced them to miss their first three games of the season have apparently been remedied, and now here we go. I think it was important for them to get in a game for those who don't know, they've just scheduled today a game against UTSA Thursday night, who was their original season opening opponent last Wednesday. So it's going to be the same season opening opponent just a week and a day later. Uh, I think it was important for them to get a game in before they play Sunday at TCU. That is a Big 12 game. It is the first Big 12 game. It counts in the Big 12 chase this year. <laughs> Normally, we don't have Big 12 games till after Christmas. You know, right. usually after New Year's, they start. Because of the weird scheduling this year, they're playing several Big 12 games before Christmas. OU's playing two. They're going to play TCU. And then in a couple of weeks, Texas Tech will be coming to Norman. But this will be the first Big 12 game for anybody on any campus this year. And for that to be the season opener on the road against a TCU team that had played two or three games already. You know, not that OU couldn't have gone down there and won. They certainly could. 
but I think they are a very, you know, they like the idea of getting some run first, getting out there and seeing another opponent, breaking a sweat. UTSA has a formidable backcourt. Steve Henson's their coach, and this will be a nice test for them. And then they will know a little more about themselves before they go down to Fort Worth on Sunday. I don't anticipate Oklahoma will be at full strength. I think there'll probably be some guys missing because of the, the COVID and the contact tracing. But I think they'll be at full strength enough that they can go win a basketball game. Oh, by the way, just a quick note. Dennis has checked in from Tessaly, Greece, watching us today. Boomer Sooner, that? Dennis, how about that? All right, Moran, I'm sorry. Let's take a look at the schedule. Here's what it looks like for the Sooners <laughs> coming up with what's left. There's only two games on the schedule. Uh, Saturday night, 7 o'clock again. We're, we're looking at this as, as we're playing on Saturday night against Baylor. And then we know this much. The start time for the West Virginia game, which was initially in prime time, is either an 11 a.m. start, which will make Teddy and Gabe very happy. And or, Toby. Or, and Toby, right. <laughs> or a 2.30 kick coming up a week from Saturday and you know I didn't know that by the way until the middle of the Lincoln Riley press conference when this graphic come up came up I don't know when that was announced but I missed it I don't know if it ever was announced okay to be honest well, with kudos you. to whoever found it Craig <laughs> or whoever that's fantastic news that that's not a primetime game for most importantly you Chris Plank because I don't know what the weather's going to be like December 12th in Morgantown West Virginia but I promise you it's going to be better during the day than it would at 7 o'clock at night. No, I, I could not agree with you 100% more. Let's go. Now, again, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes that early morning can be a little bit dicey. That's true. So I, I might be rooting a little bit more for the 2.30 okay. kick. But, That's but, fair. But we'll stay optimistic. Now, with that laid out, here's what the Big 12 standings look like for the Sooners. And nobody has their finger on the pulse in every tiebreaker scenario more than Toby Rowland. No, but in all seriousness, I thought last week, Toby, we had this figured out that the Sooners controlled its own destiny. Then after Kansas State lost again this weekend, everyone's like, oh, Oklahoma controls its own destiny now. Regardless, if the Sooners win their last two games or get to play one of the last two and win it, they're in, right? Yes. Yeah, the, the one wild hair scenario by which OU could have won their final games and not gotten in is off the table now. Okay. Uh, because of K-State's loss, um, Texas's loss. So the Sooners win their last two games, and they are in the Big 12 championship. The most likely uh, contenders are Iowa State, OU, and OSU. I think there is one scenario by which Texas could still get in, but it's not going to happen. So we're probably going to have an, an OU-Iowa State Big 12 championship game. OSU's waiting. They need somebody to slip up. They need Iowa State to slip up against West Virginia, or they need OU to slip up in one of their final two games. If that happens, the Cowboys could still get in. That's not that far-fetched. But the most likely scenario has an OU-Iowa State rematch in the Big 12 championship game. I do want to point something out because I know that far be it from anyone else on the radio network, Gabe, Tad, I'm looking at you, to hurt themselves, patting themselves on the back when they called something. I mean, Gabe will let you know. We what. never do that. Yeah, never. I told you pregame that I thought Iowa State and Oklahoma were going to play in the Big 12 championship game again. So I feel pretty confident. I don't remember that, but I believe you. <laughs> I think it was off the air. I think it was one of those moments where I was caught up in the adrenaline of the moment. But <laughs> we're getting ready for Baylor. Now, one thing, no senior day festivities. Coach Stoops talked – or excuse me, Coach Riley talked about that. With Coach Stoops coming back, my mind is fry. But uh, Coach Riley talked about that. They're going to have an event later, but without having all the families there. I know for us that's one of our favorite moments to see those seniors celebrate. And in all honesty, Toby, we don't know who is maybe coming back next year and who isn't right. because this is a free year right now. Yeah, no, that's true. It stinks for the seniors who will be playing their final game on Saturday uh, that you don't have the normal festivities, but it's another byproduct of 2020 just stinking, yep. right? I mean, so uh, I'm, for, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to honor them in the spring game or, or whenever the case may be. But it's hard to tell. You're right. Who's going to come back next year? Who's not? We don't know who's playing in this game. We don't know who's coaching this That's game. right. <laughs> so, which, which gets us to a great question on Facebook. Kevin asks, so what is Bob Stoops doing with the team? Well, again, Lincoln alluded to it. It seems as if, Toby, that, uh, that COVID has hit the coaching staff. So they were down a few coaches. And 
Listen, I can't say enough. I'm glad that this was talked about, too. The equipment managers. Try having a practice without your equipment mad managers, without Brad Camp and some of the guys. Uh, and, again, I, I'm just saying Brad is over it. I don't know if he's been affected by this at all. But whenever you lose those guys that are setting up practice, it hurts. So you have some equipment managers that have been affected by this, grad assistants, and apparently some coaching staff members. So yeah. why not call a Hall of Famer, right? Are you saying you think Bob is, is equipment managing? No, I probably there? didn't lead into that properly. That's, but anyway. I love that idea, if that's what's going on. <laughs> he's got a towel over his shoulder, and he's running footballs around. <laughs> I don't know what Bob's doing either. I know that, I mean, it sounds like that they're down some coaches. I, I don't know who they are. Right. I don't know offense, defense. Um, so, but it sounds like that they've asked Bob to come in and help out at practice. And, and I would, you know, my He's a defensive guy at heart. I would assume it would be on the defensive side of the ball that, um, you know, just an extra voice out there to help run practice for whoever is missing. We don't know what he's doing. Yeah, you're right. We don't, we don't know. We don't know That's if he's going to coach Saturday. We don't know if he's just out there to uh, be Bob Stoops so that everybody, uh, you know, gets in line a little bit. I don't know. I don't, maybe he's down in a three-point stance showing guys, uh, you know, how to, how to beat a block. I don't know what he's doing out there, but – just the idea that Bob's back out at practice makes my heart happy. Yeah, and again, that was the revelation. We don't know exactly what, but just in, in reading into it a little bit, as Toby it said. It appears Lincoln's okay. Yeah. Other than that, we don't know. Everything's on the table. Which was yeah. a great moment from the presser today when Lincoln turned around in the backdrop and goes, no, this isn't in my living room, and we're not doing this from my home. So <laughs> that was a good sign. And then uh, Philip asks a good question. Philip Graham writes, two weeks, we should have all of our players back, right? Like the NCAA should let us have Trajan Bridges back. Unleash that young man. I don't know. And, and Lincoln was asked about it last week, and you could kind of sense the unfortunate frustration from Trajan on social media and – uh, obviously, he's trying to do everything that he can, but that's another one of those stories right now, Toby, that I don't think we have an answer to, do we? One of my favorite emojis is this one. I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going on with Trajan Bridges. I assume we'll be, uh, we'll be told in due time. But, I mean, it, it is It's going to be a very – it's an interesting week because of COVID and contact tracing and whether or not there's going to be a football game. But let's assume there is a football game. Okay, right now we're planning to play one. The idea of really having no idea who's playing and who's not playing for Oklahoma. I mean, there's some guys we know have already had it, right? So you probably right. can rule them out, probably, I assume. Hope so, anyway. But pretty much don't know. I mean, everybody hears things here and there, but you don't know who's playing, who's not, who's coaching, who's not. Poor Baylor trying to get ready for that, right? I mean, they have no idea who's going to line up across from them. This is going to be a uh, fascinating week. Speaking of fascinating... Do you expect anything odd tonight in the playoff rankings? Because I've now reached the point where I've sold myself that there is a path for OU if it wins its last three games. Including... Oh, there's a path. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that we'll see anything odd tonight because okay. I think pretty much everybody held serve this week with the exception of Northwestern losing. So I think Northwestern will fall behind Oklahoma. I could see possibly Iowa State jumping in front of Oklahoma. I could too. I they got so. a win at Texas, which is a nice win. And quite frankly, they have beaten Oklahoma. So maybe they deserve to be in front of OU right now. So maybe OU moves up to 10. Maybe they stay at 11. This is the AP poll we're looking at here. Maybe they stay at 11 uh, and Iowa State jumps in front of them. But in general, I think they'll all stay the same. I don't know what you do with Ohio State, you know, since, since they didn't play, it seems to me maybe... Clemson deserves to be in front of them. Maybe a couple more teams deserve to be in front of them right now. But, um, yeah, I think OU stays in the same neighborhood. There's a path for them. It is wooded. <laughs> there are thorns. You're definitely going to want to wear shoes. It's not well paved. But there is a path for them to get to the college football playoff. And if there's anything we've learned in college football in our lifetimes is – don't assume anything. Nah, not at all. Not at all. All right, two quick questions from Facebook, then we'll get out of here for today. Um, and for those of you on the podcast side, uh, Soonersports.com slash podcast, Lincoln Riley Presser in its entirety coming up. Uh, I like that hoodie. Is that a new hoodie for you? Today? No, no, no. In fact, I, I got called out on it earlier. It is the exact same hoodie that I wore yesterday. So it's 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 see it's our it's our zipper one. Okay. Fancy Nancy. Sorry about that. Keegan and audio. Now. Yeah, that, that's me. a good look. 
Well, I appreciate it. You know, I, I, I had him zoom the camera out so you don't get both chins during the broadcast. It's <laughs> kind of the key. Uh, but Chris asks a very good question. Now, before I ask this question of you, Toby, I want to remind everyone, everything is day-to-day. -day. For instance, I was, I was talking with Coach Patty Gasso the other day, uh, greatest coach in all the world, Patty Gasso, about the softball schedule. And in my mind, I'm like, wow, I – can we even think that far ahead? You know, you start thinking about baseball and what Skip right. Johnson might. Can your mind even allow you to think that far ahead? We're kind of going what? All right, OU's playing Baylor Saturday, basketball on Thursday. It's like a day-to-day -day kind right. of a situation. Hopefully. So when I ask this question, understand that we don't really have an answer. Chris writes, Big 12 championship scenario. What if Iowa State can't play? Is it a forfeit? How does playoffs work in conference titles, if that's the case? Outstanding question. Yeah. Because it's pushed back to the 19th. You then can't delay till the 26th. What if we get to that point? And he, I, I liked how he used Iowa State because we know they're pretty much in. Oklahoma has some work to do. But how are we going to handle playoffs and or conference championship games? I don't know the answer to that. That is a great, a great question. question. I did see something over the weekend that I need to research some more about, and I don't even know if they've made it public, but that the conferences and the college football playoff people had reached an agreement on how such a situation would be handled. And it would not, as I understood it, prevent the final rankings from being revealed on the 20th of December, which is what they're set to be revealed right now. So I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know if it means, let's say we can't play one of those games on the 19th, which is a very real possibility. You know, it's not just the Big 12. It's the ACC. It's the SEC. It's all these conferences. And everyone's playing that weekend. Yeah, it's a very real possibility somebody couldn't go. Maybe then when you see the, the rankings revealed on the 20th, it's a contingency. Like if this team wins, they're going to the Final Four. If this team wins, they're going. I, I don't know. I don't even know if that's been made public, but it sounds like that has all been thought through, considered, and they at least have a plan for that. And I, I don't know what that plan is at this moment. I, I wish I did, but I don't think it's been made public yet. Here's that my would point. make sense to me. Yeah. That maybe you say, hey, we'll play the Big 12 championship game on the, we can't play it on the 19th. Let's try again on the 26th or whatever it is. And we have already decided the winner goes here and the loser goes goes there no, that work out or maybe they can just do what the NFL is doing with the Ravens and the Steelers and then push it back to a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday maybe yeah maybe and now it's a Wednesday we may be spending Christmas Day in, in Arlington <laughs> Texas. Uh, and then finally to help promote what's coming up Mark Fitzgerald senior wants to know Toby what time should we be at Rudy's to get a seat tonight uh well the show start at six so get there as early as you want uh, or as late as you want, whatever the case may be. Plenty of seating for whoever comes by. And we, I, I tell you, one of my favorite things, and 2020 is different. Lincoln can't join us live this year, and, and we want to keep him safe and everybody safe. Uh, so normally, in a normal year, you've been there, Chris, the crowds are crazy. It's amazing. All right? It's standing room only for one of the uh, Lincoln Riley shows and previous to that, Bob Stoop shows. This year, it's been everybody's a little more concerned in social distancing and things. So, uh, if you really want to get a, up close, if you want to get Teddy Lehman's autograph, this is the best year to do that because uh, you can get there. You can get up close to Teddy. Well, within six feet anyway. <laughs> he'll throw you a pin. <laughs> I love it. Here's the schedule, by the way, for those of you on the, the live feed right now. As Toby mentioned, huddle tonight, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, Soonersports.com slash radio to find an affiliate. Fox Sports Oklahoma. Uh, look a little Sooner Classic for you tonight, too. Looking back on the 1989 OU men's basketball game. That should be fun. Then tomorrow, uh, Spotlight. Jess and I are on Spotlight. I said tomorrow on Thursday. So you know it's going to be an epic show. And then Coach's Corner with Jamar Kane and Kale Gundy. We'll get you ready for game day with Sooner Sports game day Friday night. And then, of course, Saturday morning. And then the Sunday recap show. I'm feeling confident, Toby. Yeah. I'm feeling confident that we're playing on Saturday night. I hope I you think are you're too. right. I think you're right. We'll be on the air with a 5 o'clock pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network. 7 o'clock kick. OU Baylor party at the Palace is back. For those of you on the podcast side, the Lincoln Riley Press Conference is coming up right now. Thank you, Chris. Uh, good to be back uh, in our facility. Good to be back on the practice field last couple of days. I'm excited about you know, chance to play our final home game here uh, against a, a you know much improved Baylor team, team that's really coming around. It's had some nice wins this year. Obviously, the 
you know, huge win the other day against against Kansas State on a on the last second play that was a really well played game against a good football team there at home. So, um, you know, I'm excited for the opportunity to play. Um, again, it's just been after five days out, it's been great just being back in our facility and being back to work and kind of resuming our, our, our climb and our request to be the team that, that we think we can be. So you know, guys' attitudes have been great. They were, I think, just as excited to get back as we were and get back to work. And uh, hopefully we can put it together, have a great week, and be ready to play Baylor Saturday night. Um, but that will go to questions. Okay, thanks, Coach. Let's start with Ryan Aber from the Oklahoman, and then we'll go to Eric Bailey. Yeah, Lincoln, I was, I was wondering if uh, any assistants have been caught up in either the, the positive test or uh, contact tracing, and, and if so, what the planning has been like uh, for that as you get ready to uh, play on Saturday. Uh, I would say it's affected all parts of our program. Um, staff, uh, support staff, um, we have one branch of our support staff that's been pretty much wiped out. We had to bring in some uh, outside help and uh, players, obviously. So it's 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 hit us all a little bit. Um, so we're, you know, whether it's a you know equipment manager, whether it's a trainer, whether it's a, a coach. I mean, it, it, you got to have plans. You got to have you know backup plans in case in, in in case those things happen. We've had those. Um, you know the thing for this is it's it's continually ongoing. Um, kind of get new information. You know you're kind of putting a new situation every single day. So um, you know I think we've got plans for all those. We've had to put some of them in in place this week. And you know I'm obviously not going to get too much into the details, but I do think we're you know we'll be you know if we can have a you know, if we can have a good week here, uh, as far as the tests, I, th I think we'll be in position to play on Saturday. Uh, but we'll see, obviously, how that unfolds. Just a, a quick follow on that: it, if you do have assistants that are that are out on Saturday, are you able to use whether it's GAs or, or some of those other guys that you've got around uh, to, to fill in those on-field spots? Yeah, yeah, we are. We've got, uh, yeah, we've got some some good opportunities there. Some good options. Um, you know, we've got some of our GAs really can already coach. So, but your your quality control coaches who are very limited on what they can do on the field, we've been able to. You know, that, that that's an option that you have. Um, uh, you know, which is which is great. And then, uh, actually, we brought Coach Stoops out of retirement today, so he was on the field and coached with us today. So it's great to have him out there. Appreciate it, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's go to Eric Bailey, Tulsa World, and then Joe Bettner. Let me follow up on that. Just Coach Stoops, how did that become about, and uh, what kind of uh, what was it like seeing him back on the field today? That was great. Um, yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's it's been kind of in our hip pocket this whole time. As you know, if you if we you know had any staff member that fell off, I mean, we we got a Hall of Famer sitting on the bench. Um, so that's a that's a pretty good bench when you can when you can call that guy up. And more than that, just a how much he cares about this program, and I don't think there's anything that he that he wouldn't do. So it was uh, great to have him out there today. That was uh, it was it was awesome. I, our kids were excited to see him. All of us were excited to see him. So I think he had I think he had some fun as well. My original question was kind of piggybacking off what Ryan said. <laughs> Coaches test positive, including most recently Nick Saban. Do you have any anxiety whenever you take a COVID test? You could be doing all the right things, and one positive result could immediately change the dynamic of your program. Yeah, I do. I, I do more as of late. I mean, we went, you know, from our staff. I mean, we went from – I'm talking about our whole staff, not just coaching staff, but we went from – I think we have one staff member that, that was positive in August uh, and then up until – you know, seven, eight, nine days ago, we hadn't had not one the entire time. And, we you know, we got – that's quite a few people. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if I had as much anxiety as we were having all that success, but now seeing, you know, all these coaches across the country test positive, um, you know, several I know and have talked to, and I think several of them are like, you know, like I've tried to do. I mean, literally the only time I don't have a mask on is 
when I'm eating, which I'm by myself, and then when I go to sleep. And I mean, I, and so I just, and I know a lot of these other guys have done the same thing and still, you know, have still gotten the virus. So do I have anxiety when I take it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I know we have a good plan in place if, if you know, if I were to test positive, but I, I, I absolutely have anxiety. I think every single person in our program right now has anxiety when they take that test. Thank you, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Hey, Joe Bettner, Norman Transcript, and then Jason Kersey. Hey, Lincoln, I wanted to ask you about uh, Bob Stoops real quick, just with having him back, you know, out there. But I'm curious, I know it's year four, this is very much your program, but how much do you still maybe lean on him for advice? How much, how often do you reach out for him? when there's maybe a situation that you haven't come across as a head coach? Oh, we still talk often. I mean, that's uh, there's very few weeks when we don't talk. Um, you know, sometimes it's lighthearted and one of us checking in on each other. And um, But, you know, I always want to lean on him for any observations he has or, you know, experience going through different situations. Uh, you know, he certainly you know, one of the few people in my life that I know, you know, regardless of what it is that I can go to and get, you know, just, you know, really well thought out, honest, um, you know, great advice. And uh, so, no, I, I, we still we still talk often. And, and I mean, you know, this program's still obviously very near and dear to him. And, and uh, you know, there's he's obviously still a part of it. And, uh, you know, he's he's been great for me. Um, you know, cause I, you know, if, if not for him, I, there's some of these questions and things you go through in this deal. If, if not for him, I honestly don't know exactly who I would go to. I just don't really quite have anybody else like that, that I, that I have that much trust in that I know, you know, has my best interest, but more importantly has the, you know, this, this football program's best interest. And it's, a, you know, it's, I've been very, very, I, I, I can't even, I probably don't even understand how fortunate I've been to you know, to have a guy like him in that position. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Jason Kersey, The Athletic, and then Bob Prisbillo. Yeah, Lincoln, we've, we've heard a lot about minimum number of players at certain positions or, or whatever that you need to play a game. Is there a minimum number of assistant coaches that you have to have, or do you have contingencies for all, <clears throat> pardon me, for yeah. all of those? And then, and then secondly, just as fun, um, would Coach Switzer? Do you have? Would you ever get to a point when you might bring Coach Switzer back too? <laughs> um, well, I think they have to be a. If I'm correct, I think they have to be an institutional staff member, you know, and so that's where we're able to uh, to use that with uh, with 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 Bob. Um, uh, and then, as far as the minimum number of coaches, I I mean, we do have a lot of contingencies, but I, I do think there is a a point. You know where it becomes unreasonable. I know I do know that there's, you know, been several. You know, we know of several throughout the year. You know, including a couple in this league that that that's been the case. You know, that there really wasn't staff to do it. So, you know, what's the minimum? Probably depends a little bit on who it is, um, and just kind of the combination of guys. But um, I mean, obviously, it's going to be hard to play a football game if you if you can't have a full functioning staff. We'll go to Bob Prisbillo, Sooner Scoop, and then John Hoover. Lincoln, we sort of asked you before, but it is senior day. Have you thought about how you want to handle those festivities? Yeah. Have those conversations been a little more difficult this year, knowing they have the option if they want to come come back for next for next year? Yeah, no, good question. You know, it's something we've honestly been thinking about for about the last three or four weeks. Um, start thinking about it, what, maybe maybe more than that, two bye weeks ago, we, we really started to take a dive in that and pull around and just kick around options. But, you know, I've talking to them and talking to some of our kids, families, all that, we, we've decided we're going to cancel the senior day uh, festivities. I just, I think for a few reasons, I mean, uh, th obviously there's a million reasons this year. I mean, you know, not being able to have families on the field, um, you know, not all families being able to even travel and be there for it. Uh, you know, you know, not being able to do it in front of a full stadium, which that's not the most important thing to me, but I, but it, I think that is a factor. And I just think all that's going on right now, I just don't know that we could do it the way that we want to do it. So we'll still have our, uh, you know, here 
here in the spring. Hopefully at some point, if, if this thing is cleared up a little bit, we'll be able to have our, our uh, um, kind of senior night with our guys and our staff that we did last year and, and for the first time and loved. And then, and then we are definitely in plans to, you know, whether it's a spring game, uh, uh, you know, another home game at some point in the future, going to come back and honor these guys that, that, and their families that played their last game. So we, we, we're definitely not sweeping it under the rug. I, we want it to happen, but we want it to happen where we can do it the right way. And so we've communicated that to you know our guys that it could potentially affect and, and to their families as well. Yeah, let's go to John Hoover with SI Sooners and then James Hale. Lincoln, um, you have not tested positive for COVID, correct? Is that what we're, what we're going with on this conversation? Yep, I'm, I'm here. I don't have this backdrop in my living room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. So yeah. we've talked in the past about your, your plan of succession uh, on game day, right. um, how to proceed without you. Now this could be problematic for you guys really. And in, in a handful of schools that the head coach could go down because you're the play caller, the, the offensive identity comes straight from you. So what I'm wondering is, could that be a problem for you offensively? Could that be, a, I know you trust your guys, but mm -hmm. at the same time, this is your offense. Well, it's our offense, and I think it would create it would create some changes for our guys. Uh, but I, those are changes that we've rehearsed. Um, that I feel again. The, the hard thing is, it's in this is it's simple to go right on a piece of paper and say, "All right, if I get COVID and I'm out, this person's going to do this. We're moving this person to that. We're moving this person to that, and here we go." The hard thing is, is like. You know, when a situation when you have multiple is, all right, well, what's the plan if you're out and then this person's out and that person's out too, you know? And so it's just, it's almost a little maddening to plan for. I mean, we've got, we have a kind of structure that we would, or a kind of a, um, a set of plans that we would work our way down, but it's just so difficult to say because it's, to me, you got to look at the whole, the whole the whole puzzle and all right, if these couple of pieces are out, how do you, you know, how do you put it back together? And so that's, uh, that's what we've attempted to do. You know, we've had a lot of conversations. I, I think we have contingencies built up quite a bit, but in this year, it's just so difficult to predict, you know, what combination of guys are in or out. And then, you know, what are your answers or your, your tweaks to offset that? So, um, now I am confident in our plan, but at the same time, it's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's certainly day to day. Thank you, mm -hmm. James Hale, KREF, and then Brandon Drum. Lincoln, you know, Pro Football Focus says that Oklahoma's playing as well as in the defensive line as just about anybody else in college football. Uh, I know this has always been, you know, what you really wanted out of your defensive team, your defensive line, and you hope to change the culture to where you would get really good defensive linemen back in this program. Uh, it looks like you've started to do that. You've got a great recruiting class coming in with defensive linemen as well. Do you feel like at this point you've changed the culture or is this still ongoing a little bit for you? I mean, I, I, there's no question we've progressed a lot. I, I, there's no, no question about that from, you know, the way our guys are playing right now and producing, uh, you know, and then, and then the, you know, the quality of players we're being able to recruit and attract. Um, you know, do you ever sit there and say something's full of change? I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I do know we're heading in the right direction. We've made a lot of progress. We can, we can recruit players. We can go recruit any defensive lineman in America right now um, because, you know, there's proof. And now it's not just one year proof. It's, it's proof that there's, you know, a major jump in the first year and then even the second year you know, up to this point has been has been better. Uh, and, and the production, I mean, this has been, you know, especially when you consider the number of games, uh, you know, probably the most productive defensive front in America uh, this season. So, I mean, that's, you know, our, I, I, I know we can play a lot better. I, I know that our, our ceiling is still much higher, but is it exciting to see the track that we're on and the opportunity that we got to, to continue to get there, but it definitely is. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay, Brandon Drum, OU Insider, and then Cliff Brunt. Hey, Lincoln, before the season started, you said you guys had a plethora of different 
options that you've in, in different scenarios and plans for everything that could possibly happen during this COVID. Is, I'm wondering if this week, one of those plans, did you all have something specifically drawn out for what exactly happened this week? And I guess you brought up Bob Stoops and the institutional staff member. Will he be able to uh, provide any help during the game? Uh, yeah, as far as contingency plans, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think some of them have come into play, both with players and staff and, again, staff, not just not just coaching staff. I mean, you know, staff everywhere. I mean, it takes so many people to make this thing run. I mean, it's, you know, you know, try having a football practice without any equipment managers. I mean, you know, try – I mean, there's just – it takes it's, – it's a big operation, you know, and the people here work their tail off and do a lot. And so when – when you do miss some people, you you feel it, and, and and there are major adjustments that have to happen. So I think we've been able to adjust on and off the field. Uh, you know, can you ever anticipate exactly what's going to happen? Kind of like reference earlier, I don't know that you can hit all of it, but I think some of the general prep that we've done has has, has helped us have some direction when when things have come up. Um, yeah, as far as game day, we'll 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 just have to see how the week plays out, and and. Uh, you know, what's uh, just just what's available as far as, you know, the current, I guess, quote unquote, normal staff. And and uh, but it's uh, certainly a pretty darn good option to have. Okay, let's go to Cliff Brunt with AP and then Jenny Carlson. Yeah, Coach, um, do you by chance have any players that may have actually benefited from having the extra week, maybe have been dinged up or dealing with injuries, but actually benefited from having an extra week to recover? Oh, I think, yeah, I think there's several. I, I think, you know, we've had a a few guys that have played just a, a whole bunch of snaps this year. And, and then on top of it, again, with the limited rosters of, you know, there's more snaps in practice, more snaps in games. I mean, it's we've got some guys that have had a pretty good load on them. So, no, I mean, I think we're, you know, we're a pretty fresh football team. That's one of the positives of having five days where you shut down is uh, I do think we're, we're pretty fast and fresh and moving around pretty good. So, um I think, you know, the players that we have available, I think the bodies are in a pretty good shape and, and uh, feeling good. And yeah, I, I think it did quite a few of our guys some good. Okay, Jenny Carlson. In particular. And then Gary uh, Emig. Maybe a big, pretty significant jump. What's that? Uh, any particular players uh, that might be a benefit to you? Uh, you know, I thought Leron Stokes was a guy that probably benefited from it some. I mean, I don't know that he's going to be ready to play yet. You know, we feel like he's been – we've been close to getting him back. Uh, but that, you know, this is – he's a guy that, you know, has, has made some progress that I think is getting closer. And uh, so I think he was a guy certainly that, that probably benefited from having to move the game back. Hey, Jenny Carlson and then Gary Nemig. Hey, Lincoln, um, just to clarify, you said you wear a mask all the time except for sleeping and eating. Is that include at home? Just about all the time. I, I do at times at home. I we try to we try to be outside a little bit more, especially when I'm around the around the girls. And then, uh, you know, then my family has done a like a lot of our coaches' families has you know been committed to wearing them. You know, at, in their normal daily lives as well. So it's uh, there's certainly a lot more hours a day where I have it on than than when I don't. Considering that and just all all that's happening in your program and then around football I mean Denver playing without a quarterback yeah. all that sort of thing is there any part of you that has thought as you've gone through this what in the heck are we doing here like I mean we all know like our livelihoods are from all this too I mean we we, we like the games but is there any part of you that says maybe this isn't the best time to be doing this oh I mean, I think that was more probably a decision for the for the beginning. I mean, you know, we all decided to, that we were going to take this on and knew some of the potential challenges that were going to come up with it. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's, you know, we knew this thing could potentially get more difficult as the as the year went on and if, if cases continued to, to spike like they have been as of late. Um, yeah, it's a hard question, you know, because I think on I think I think we all feel it. Um, there's times where do I feel like that a little bit maybe, um, 
And then there's also times where part of me is like, you know what, this is our world and we can't just totally stop living. I mean, like this is our lives and we only got so many of these years and so many days and opportunities available. So at what point do you say, well, you just, these opportunities aren't worth it, you know? And so, you know, luckily for us, I know not everybody's been this way, so I I certainly don't want to speak generally or speak for anyone, but our, you know, the people in our program that have had it, um, you know, we've been fortunate that the, you know, people have been able to, to stay safe and, and they haven't had, you know, lasting effects, lingering effects. Uh, a lot of our people have been, if not asymptomatic, pretty close to it. So, uh, and then, and then the flip side, I think you think about as well, if we weren't playing football, what would we be doing? And if the, if you're going by the general population, chances are, if you're still living your life in any other way, you're probably going to get it anyways. So I, I know that's a long answer. It didn't give you a whole lot of direction. I, I do feel at times you do kind of sit back and say, man, this, this is a lot. Um, but, you know, it, we only get one of these lives too. And so, I, you know, I, at some point you got to live a little bit too. And I don't know where, where the right answer is. I, I, I don't have that for you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Go to Garen Emig, Tulsa World, and then Dean Blevins. Lincoln, I know that that you're grateful, have been grateful for the opportunities to, to play games. Uh, and that's that's been a constant as you've ridden through this. Given what you're, you've gone through as a program the last week, and, and given that this, this is getting worse uh, before it gets better for everybody with uh, the chaos that's ensuing in a lot of places, will you be more grateful to, to step on the field on Saturday uh, and, and just get a game in at this point as you go through this stuff? Uh, that's fair to say. That's that's fair to say. It's, uh, you know, we, we start talking. We've talked about it all year as a team. We really started talking about it before Kansas of just, you know, cases were spiking across the country, more games getting canceled. And this was before we had any type of, you know, spike or outbreak, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we, we talked a lot about it as a team that, you know, who knows how many of these we got left. I mean, this this may be the last one, and we don't even know it. And and so, um, you know, we've tried to prepare and, and play that way because um, we don't know. So I, I do think, yeah, what's going on outside and what's gone inside our program the last 10, 15 days, uh, I, I think that's very fair to say that we've always been grateful. We'd probably be even more grateful this Saturday if this one's able to get, to get played. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Dean Blevins, KWTV, and then Kerry Murdoch. <clears throat> yeah, Lincoln, uh, you mentioned we may not be able to play, and all around the country, you know, it's be- more and more games are being missed. Ohio State, would they be able to play in their league championship? What about the playoff? What is the – what's the deal in the Big 12? Say if you don't play the next two games – and there's still a Big 12 championship game. How does that work? Who gets to go? Uh, you know, they spelled those tiebreakers out. I mean, they're they're uh, you know they kind of are what they are, and I, I think everybody you know knows that you know maybe points where you have to adjust. But I thought the ads and league did a good job in the very beginning of defining all that. And you know, it's obviously, I mean, it's not going to be the reason we make decisions. You know, Joe and I. Uh, committed to that long before the season started that we were going to make the, the right decisions for the, the the safety and health of the team and the program and think long term and we weren't going to get caught up in the day-to-day so um, you know we'll make the decisions to play or not totally based on that and that alone uh, you know with that being said uh, you know from a co- truly competitive standpoint you know I think it's us being able to play at least one of the next two weeks and having a chance to win is is you know, is the key. And if we're not, then, then, you know, it's, it'll be detrimental to big 12 title chances. Uh, but if that's the right thing to do, then we, you know, as much as it would hit you in the gut, we, we wouldn't hesitate to do that. If, you know, hopefully we're not in that and we can control it and be in a place to plan both. Cause we, we absolutely want to plan both. Let's go to Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and WWLS and then Parker Thune. Hey, Lincoln, you know, we talked a lot last year about, you know, speed D and simplifying the defense and playing fast. I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, getting to play so many young guys, going through what you're going through, how much does, does having a defense like Alex Grinch's where, you know, he tried to make it simple help out in times like these? Yeah, it has. You know, it, it definitely has. I, I think it's allowed 
a lot of guys to be able to contribute, um, certainly in a year like this. And even, you know, we started saying this, I think, year one, you know, as we wanted just even in normal years for more players to contribute and to play more guys and not have guys that are taking, you know, 70, 80 snaps a game. I mean, it just, you know, you just, it's very difficult to win that way and keep guys healthy and play at max effort all the time. And so, now I think that's been another benefit of it. And, you know, it's obviously, you know, paid dividends this year as, as we've had, you know, so many different lineups and so many guys out and still been able to step up and play quality ball for the majority of the year. Thanks, Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll go to Parker Thune with SI Sooners. Yeah, Coach, uh, and obviously as you approach senior night here, um, you got some of the guys on the roster, such as Tanner Schaefer, Spencer Jones, guys that, you know, their impact maybe isn't necessarily felt as heavily on the field, uh, but that are still elder statesmen in that locker room. What can you say about how some of those guys have impacted the program during their time? Yeah, no, those guys are they are so key, you know, and you said it well, you know, it doesn't always – you know, show up in the stat book on Saturdays, but the, those guys have, you know, served so many roles here, um, done so many, you know, things behind the scene, both on the field, you know, helping bringing along young players, serving the team and whatever need possible. Um, and I, I don't think there's any really good team and really good programs that don't have guys like that because you have to have them. They're vital. And uh, so, no, we certainly have, the, you know, those two guys and, you know, certainly a few more that, you know, that have been, huge for this team and and you know whenever they are gone we'll, we'll miss them and need certainly guys to step up in those roles because they're you want to be a championship team again like i said you you have to have guys like that that are that selfless and have the ability to do so many things to help you behind the scenes this has been the sooner sports podcast the sooner sports podcast is presented by riverwind home to a luxury hotel fine dining and never-ending rewards riverwind is still the one and Allstate. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home Yes, cool! or attending one live you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.